Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. Welcome to the 12th episode of This Spiritual Fix, where today we're going to be talking about neuro-linguistic programming, part two. We will be talking about different patterns. Today we're going to be talking about self versus other versus switch versus simultaneous, as well as towards and away or bear and carrot, as well as internally and externally referenced. Stay tuned. This spiritual fix. Two mystical mamas hacking the self-help game. With Anna Stromquist and Christina Wilson. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? Little activity information starter. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, uh... What are you up to? Um, what am I up to? Well, I had these really amazing dreams a couple of nights ago, and now I'm actually able to start writing my book because I know who the audience is for. I know it sounds really strange to say, but like the dreams that I told you about, which are really, really out there, but it basically was like kind of these like cosmic wars that were going on and all these different things and how there was like this group of neutral people and I was one of them and like I was like okay so if I just write this like yesterday I sat in a coffee shop and I was like if I write this book and it's like a totally visual book right because it's very few words almost all images and icons and things like that because it's meant to kind of speak to a different part of people I was like what if what if I just like wrote this for those people and it just like spilled out of me it was like spilled out of me like nothing else had wow and it was really great so you're a great writer so I'm looking forward to that NLP part two. I'm so excited about this because last time we talked about sorters, right? We talked about people, place, information, activity, sorters. Yep. And we'll go into the uh, some other s- systems. And the idea, again, just to re- remind people is that there is about 2 million bits per- of information being filtered into your world at any given second. Yep. And so we filter it down. Like we can only filter so much. So... We have to take all this this information and simplify it. And then these are some patterns and systems that get ingrained in us. And so we're going to talk about four different patterns that by understanding them, you can understand yourself better. Great mm-hmm. for self-reflection, but it also will serve to connect better with others and also understand others, understand their motivations, maybe 
you know, in the four agreements, don't take it personally. I think if you understand other people's patterns more, you're more, you're less likely to take things personally because you can be like, they're just running their pattern. So once again, as I go through these different patterns, remember that there is no good or bad pattern. One is not better than the other but stuck is stuck. So we want to be flexible and be unstuck and be more mutable and use different patterns at different times when it's optimal. But again, none of these are worse than the others. The first patterns I'm going to go into are the types of ways you filter identification with self. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have four of those and those are self, simultaneous, switch, and other. So someone who is a self-sorter, they exist and no one else really exists. So it's like they exist. And if you are in their sphere of like love, like you're their child or their sibling, like you do, you exist as an extension of them, but other people don't exist. So you know you're around a self-sorter when like they filter everything through the lens of their own self. They they direct the conversation back to themselves constantly. And and if they're a deep self-sorter, you don't feel like you exist in their presence. Like you just, you don't feel like you're on their radar. You're just a secondary character in the, in the movie of their life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's pros and cons. So the pro like Buddha was a self-sorter, right? He left his, his, his laboring wife and child to go seek enlightenment on the, you know, the eve of his wife's birth, giving birth, he left. So that's a very self-sorter thing to do, right? He, he had to go find the self. He left to find the self, very self-sorting, but he got to the highest level of that, which he came to understand his true self, which was that he was everyone. So I'm not saying it's bad to be a self-sorter, but that's an example of a self-sorter. Like a pathological self-sorter would be a dictator, for example, who like their agenda is what's important and no one else does. And they're willing to kill people and imprison people for their beliefs as long as it, they're willing to step on others to get what they want. So that's like a pathological self-sorter. Yeah. And, and I'm, and I've talked to my husband about this and I will definitely do it after I talk about after, after this episode, but my husband is a self-sorter, but he's in a self-sorter in a kind of very interesting way in the sense that like he's very reserved and so it feels like he's an other sorter because it feels like he's like listening to you and he's like considering he is totally listening and he's an amazing listener and he's kind of like he's definitely on the lower spectrum of self-sorter in terms yeah he's of not like, stuck because you feel like you exist around him. exactly but if you ask him like like so much of the actions that he does are because he thought that way and i was like well did you even consider what like other people might think about this he was like no because what i think about it is like because he had done the research and he had done all that kind of stuff which is what we talked about he's an information sorter and he's good at researching and so for him like if he makes a decision about it that's all that matters and it wouldn't matter if somebody else may have more experience or have a different opinion about it because what so he's like that weird interesting thing where he feels like another sorter but he's actually very openly a self-sorter he's just not sharing it with other people Mm -hmm. um the other one on the other spectrum of self like the total opposite is the pattern called other, meaning that that person doesn't exist. They only exist in reference to others. Mm-hmm. So here's a like an easy example would be someone who stays in an abusive relationship because their identity is tied up with being the partner of that partner, like being the partner of so-and-so. So on the opposite spectrum of that pattern of self is other. So the person who runs other doesn't necessarily exist. They don't see themselves as the main character in their story. So Mm -hmm. someone who's other will often, like you say, hey, where do you want to go for lunch? Wherever you want to go. Like, what do you want to do? Whatever you want to do. They don't really have authority over 
their self. They don't necessarily know who they are. Who they are is in direct relationship to others around them. Like they identify themselves based on who they're married to, what family they come from, et cetera, et cetera. They do things for others. They live for others, essentially. Um, Simultaneous is the third pattern. And simultaneous is both. They have a sense of self and then they have a sense of others. So they understand that they exist in this world and they have an agenda, but other people also exist and have an agenda. So the fourth pattern is called switch. Switch believes that they have a self and that everyone in the world. I feel like it's like that they can divine other people's feelings. They think that they know how everybody else is feeling. Yeah, it's like third person omniscient. Like when you're the narrator and the main character of the novel. So like they know what everyone else is thinking. So a quintessential example of switch would be like, let's say you're having an argument with someone. They go, you don't mean this. You mean that. And you're like, no, I don't. I actually meant A. They're like, no, you meant B. Because they believe that they know more about you and your intentions that you do. Yep. You're so happy right now. You're so sad. Oh, you're so sad. I can tell. No, no, you are. You You are. are. You are. Yeah. Right. So, um, I was going to give some examples of famous people that I believe like what their patterns run. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. So I was thinking like someone who runs self, for example, like a good example could be Kanye West because when I don't know him personally, but just from what I'm seeing is when he's being interviewed, et cetera, other people don't really exist or show up from him. Like when he, I think he like sabotaged Taylor Swift's award thing. Yeah. He just was not considering her, her feelings or the feelings of people watching him. It was just like his agenda. Right. Yeah. He's also probably egomaniacal. I suppose there's probably like a lot of, there's a lot of other things, things, but he's, he might be a good example of self. Mm -hmm. An example of other, I can't really think of someone. I think, I think Oprah's switch or simultaneous. Maybe Jimmy Fallon. You know, I'm trying to think of a celebrity because like... Oh, that's a really good example of an other, right? Because he seems to be so concerned about how other people feel about him. Like when people are on his show, they are the star of his show. Like he is kind of just like in the background when he's interviewing people, that person really shows up and he kind of changes his behaviors um, to suit the guest and the guest is the star of the show. Yes. Whereas I would say there were other hosts... Stephen Colbert and James Corden are examples of ones that don't run to other. Like they are very much so like, they're just like, it's like two equals having a conversation, you know? Right. Like I think, um, Cord- what's his name? James, James Corden. Yeah. I think he's simultaneous. Mm. My sense is like he exists and others exist. Yeah. That's my sense of him. Um, and then the final example of switch being Oprah simply because I feel like, uh, she exists and she's really good at reading what other, like the thing about Switch is it's not bad. Like, oh, they think they're mind readers. They're really good at foreseeing the needs of others and understanding others. And I feel like she, she gets that. Like she can see the intention behind others. And the thing about Switch is they're good at their job. Like a Switch is a great host. Like they know what you need. They can read you. They know what, what needs to happen before you do. Cause they can read your mind. You know, they, they're good at that, but they do get it wrong sometimes. And when they get it wrong, they don't always know that they get it wrong. But mm-hmm. I would think Oprah might be a good example of switch. Yeah. You- yeah. No, I think you're right. I think, I think she's on the good 
like I because I assume like a, there's pathological or stuck and not stuck. She seems like a flexible switch, right? So is there like a same scale with these things as there are with disorders in terms of like you can get down to zero and go into any of them, or is it more like since simultaneous already covers two of them? No, you so you can like shift with these patterns. And I was going to talk about that. This is a great example. So I do run self. Okay, so I exist. So let me give you an example. I have a friend who had the same problem over and over and over again. And I'm self, so I usually run self. So when she's telling her problem, blah, 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 I'm giving examples of how I have solved that problem, blah, 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 blah. Finally, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to run switch. And I'm like, so-and-so, this is your problem, and this is what you need to do. You know, like mm-hmm. I, in that circumstance, it was appropriate for me to be authoritarian and read her mind and tell her what she needed. So I ran switch in that situation, and it worked. Um, another example is if I'm with a patient who's very self-sorting. Mm-hmm. So self-sorters are very like, this isn't working for me. Like they have no problem airing their needs. Like they won't do things for others so much. They're just like, they're like, this isn't working for me. And that's enough for them. So if you meet them on their level and you're like, hey, this isn't working for me. They respect it. They respect that because they understand it. Oh, that's very interesting. Wow. I didn't even realize that that was the case. Yeah. Right. Um, simultaneous would be like a good time to run simultaneously would be when you're connecting with people on an emotional level or trying to like make plans and involve lots of people. And you're trying to consider a lot of different people's needs. Right. Because you need to be able to, sometimes you have to be decisive in those situations and other times you just have to be like, because if you try and wait to do design by committee and that you're like, oh God, I used to do that all the time. I used to run other a lot when I was a kid. Oh God. I remember once I tried to like coordinate 10 people, we were like, we're, I was living abroad and tried to coordinate like maybe 10 or 15 people to try and do something and none of them could agree and all of them were just fighting about it and I was just like it's okay whatever you guys want and it like it took five times as long because I was always doing other and I really just should have run simultaneous so that I could consider their needs but then just make the decision mm-hmm. or that would have might have been switch or that might have been, well okay well there's a balance. If you, I guess if you were the leader, it would have been ideal to do switch. And if you were just one of the people. Well, I was saying simultaneous because like my needs were just as important as their needs. Were you in the leadership position? I was in leadership position. And you position. should probably ideally would have been running switch. Because then you would have been like, look, I'm in charge here. I know what you need. And we're going to be doing this. Yes and no. I feel like that's more dictatorial in some ways. Like it, it, what I was saying in this particular case is that like other people's opinions did matter. A little bit. So it was like, how do you like create the little stew of like a little bit of their opinion because they may have some good ideas, but then also being like, I'm ultimately going to make this decision. Right. Right. So that was, that was my only thought was that it was like when those, if you're like, know a couple of like social butterflies and they're just like, they're always running a switch. They're always just like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And it feels so good to be around those people. If you are not if you're like not necessarily social because then you can just feel like you're being taken care of right they're good at taking care of people yeah but when it comes to other things where it feels like it should be more of a um of a agreement like a a compromise or something like that then maybe simultaneous right maybe a good time to run other is when you're dealing with someone and it's time to be empathetic or you're in a you're in a subordinate position and you need to like follow the orders of someone else. Um, whatever pattern you're running again, like not one's not bad and one's not good. If you do run self, uh, some things you could do to loosen the reins of that is just remember, it's not just you. Like you're, this is not, this game is not just about you. The other people in your life are not characters in your movie. Like they're real people with real feelings and try to tone that down. 
if you run switch, just remember that even the best surgeons make errors. Like there are going to be times when you're wrong about people. It's going to be seldom, but it's true. So if you're, if you're telling someone you mean this, or I'm inferring this and they're like, no, I'm not like, that's not what this means. You need to be open to the fact that you might have gotten it wrong. Yeah. The, I think one of the most potentially destructive switches is the switch that to your face treats you as an other but then behind your back treats you as a switch, which is like a really manipulative thing, but I've experienced it a couple of times in my life where someone's like, great, whatever you think, absolutely. What? Uh, yeah, okay, that's your opinion. And then behind your back with someone who they trust in a different way, they'll be like, she does not actually think that. We're going to do this action now to, to help her because she doesn't know what she wants. So they're switch pretending to be other. <laughs> they're switch pretending to be other. And I feel like that is like gossips and people who like have a tendency to just like talk a lot behind people's back and then take action as a result of it are like a particular type of switch that I feel like is really, um, scary. I guess that's right. My but switches are so good yeah. at reading people. So they know exactly what to say to you. Exactly. And then if you run other, it's just good to remember that it's okay to be selfish. Like you exist too, and you can make decisions and you can be autonomous and you can leave that person who might be toxic for you. Um, et cetera. So. I think there's, there's a lot of codependence in this too. Like I feel like with these patterns in particular with NLP, like I said, I used to run other because I just wanted to be liked so badly, but that wanting to be liked so badly was, uh, was not me. Like I'm naturally run self or simultaneous, most likely self. And yet in the time periods when I like didn't have a lot of confidence or when I was in new situations, I would always run other, which may have been good, but it, I feel like sometimes I just did it a bit too much um, in certain, certain circumstances and like, didn't actually have an identity for myself. Right. And if you're wondering what pattern you run, like just see how you interact with the world. And also like a good rule of thumb is basically Asian and African cultures have a lot of other, there's a lot of sense of like doing, you know, you live your life for duty, for honor, for your family. There's a lot of like making major life decisions based on what the community thinks you should be doing. And in the United States and probably lots of Europe, it's very a self-sorting culture. Like okay. I exist, I am autonomous, I'm the individual. And so there's more of that. I've noticed that in the United States, the majority of the people you'll meet are self-sorters. Yeah. And the majority of the people that I've met from Asia are like switch or other. I think it's, it's interesting. In a lot of the different things, like especially human design, there's an evolution of the human and I wonder if NLP, there is the allowance of the evolution of the human in the sense that like the United States used to be other sorter and like maybe more indigenous cultures are other sorters and more, um, if you're a Daniel Quinn fan, which he does a book, Ishmael, he talks about levers and takers and about how our totalitarian culture that kind of takes over things just tends to be self-sorting, right? Because we don't care that we're destroying ecosystems. We don't care that we're doing all this kind of right. stuff. It's like this general thing that like... In, in the evolution or devolution, whatever you want to say, of the human, that like Western culture is a lot more colonial. Right, right. Colonialism is like total self-sorting or switching. Yeah. Um, well, it's, I think it's great to know these patterns. One, so you can kind of get out of being stuck in them and be more flexible. It's also great when you're working with anyone. Like if you're in any career or field that you work with other people, just knowing what their patterns are you can take things less seriously. Like if you have a relative that constantly is telling you how you should be living your life, like running switch, you can be like, 
you can more objectively say, you know, that's her opinion. That's her pattern. Like her pattern is to think she knows what's better for me than I do. And that's not true. That's just her pattern. I'm not going to take it personally. Yeah. Or like I show up to this patient's house and they treat me like the help and like they don't even look at me and I don't exist. They're running deep self. I don't have to take that personally. That has nothing to do with my self-esteem or who I am as a person. They're just running deep self. So again, knowing these patterns, you can be a little more objective. And it's also... With parenting, just to bring it back to parenting real quick, I definitely have found myself, now that you're talking about this, I've definitely found myself with my daughter in particular because my daughter almost never eats. She's a breathitarian that we joke like. She like eats off the sun and like a teaspoon of goat milk sort of thing. Um, but we are, I'm like, you are hungry. You are tired. You, you have are to, whatever. You have to be a switch with her. Yeah. You have to be a switch sometimes, but at the same time, I feel like there's a key point in which you then have to stop that and be like, are you? You know, but at, at, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, there's times you have to be a, a switch with a parent. You're hungry. You're tired. You need a nap, you know? Like, yeah. throw it in. All right, so the next pattern we're going to look at is motivation. So are you a carrot or a bear? So do you run towards the carrot, towards your goal, or are you running away from the bear? Are you running away from something that you don't want? I think that is a really great tool when you're working with people like, if I understand if my patient is a carrot or a bear, like, like I can say, you, if they're a carrot, I can say, do this exercise because you're going to get more fit and you're going to be able to do this better and that better and this better because they're motivated to to go towards their goal. Now, if they're a bear, meaning they're they're running for, away from something, I can be like, well, you need to do this exercise because if you don't, your surgery might not work and you're going to have to do the surgery again. So I, pl- I can play into like their fears they're running away from to get to where to get the same goal. So like you'll ultimately get the same behavior and outcome, but the motivation behind it can be different. And it's not a manipulation tool. It's just kind of like meeting them, meeting them where they need it. Like, like I would, I like to pretend that I'm carrot. Like I like to give the impression that I'm a, a goal setter and I chase after my dreams. But if we really analyze my intentions and my behavior, I'm running away. Like I'm avoiding suffering you know I'm trying to get away from suffering and misery versus actually chasing my dreams yeah yeah and I'm, I'm the same way because uh I you know when I take supplements is a great example like when I take supplements I'm always just like uh I, I don't do it to get feel better every day I do it to actually not feel like bad to, to not feel bad <laughs> right that's a great example so then again knowing what your motivation style is and you know, trying to, lo- trying to loosen that pattern if it's deep and then yeah. recognizing what it is in others to help motivate people. I think, I think one of the, um, a good example too, is that what you might find with some towards and away people or carrot or bear people is that people who are very towards usually don't like to say goodbye is a great example. Oh, wow. Right. Like, cause they don't want to look at what they're going away from. They only want to look what they're towards. Right. right? So that's like a good example Whereas people who are, you know, more bare and less carrot will maybe be towards like always wanting to say goodbye and like prolonging goodbyes and doing stuff like that and not tending to even think about what they're going into before they do it. Like I'm a great example of that. Like I'm leaving Atlanta and I literally have not thought about what I'm, I'm like, I'm always, I'm just here. Like I'm here. I'm not thinking about what I'm going towards. I'm just thinking about what I'm leaving. Right, right, right. All right, the third pattern we're talking about now is external versus internally referenced. So this means 
who is defining who you are in your world? Are you internally referenced or externally referenced? So for example, your husband who is self but appears to be other, it could possibly be that he's so externally referenced that meaning um, he needs the, the opinion of others or the validation of others helps define who he is. And I actually don't think this might be true for your husband, but it could be that when someone is externally uh, referenced, they appear to be other, even if they're not. Mm -hmm. So you have externally referenced, meaning like you base your decisions on what the world will view you as or what you want others to see you as. And internally referenced is like, this is my truth. And like, I don't care what you think. This is me and this is what I'm going to do. And, and ultimately I make the end decision about my value. So what's the difference between that and self and other? So, so I'm going to give an example. So someone who is self and external would be like Donald Trump, for example. He has his own agenda. He exists. Other people may or may not exist to him, but he very much needs the appreciation of others. Like he wants to be um, loved and admired by others. Whether or not they actually exist for him is a different story, but he needs he needs and wants their external validation, right? Okay, okay. And then you have someone who's self and internally referenced. That is a hermit. Like the extreme example of that would be a hermit who is like, I exist and others don't, and I'm gonna go live in a cave for the rest of my life because I don't really give a care. I don't care what anyone else thinks. Yep. So that's like a, so I am self and I have been pretty external, I think most of my life. Yep. But in the last three years, I've become more internally referenced. And that's like part of me growing up, I think, is like shifting, shifting the, the emphasis on like, what do I really want? Who is, the, who is the end judge actually at the end of the day? It's me. So I'm loosening my grasp on being externally referenced, right? Yep. And I would agree. I think I'm similar. Yeah. Um, there are people, for example, like Lady Gaga looks, this is, you know, I don't know these people, so I'm just kind of talking about what my observations are. I might be totally wrong when I say it, but Lady Gaga looks like someone who's internally referenced. Like she dresses very uniquely because she's honoring her internal self, but she's actually externally referenced. She's doing it for the results she's going to get from the outside. So that's an example of like internal, I mean, external appearing to be internal. And you have opposites. Like you'll have people who are externally referenced pretending to be internally referenced. Like, I don't care what anyone else says, but they do. Yeah. And I, I think I would probably go on those lines. Though it is interesting because like when you say reference, at first I thought you meant, because I, like, I feel like I'm not familiar with this part of NLP, but it's like, I thought you meant like, where do you get your information? Like, do you, do you trust information that comes from the outside or do you trust it from where it comes from inside? And like in some ways... It's more like, who? what is the mirror you're using? Are you holding a mirror that yeah. when you look through the mirror, you're looking at yourself right back? That's internally. Or when you hold the mirror, you're looking at the audience. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That's a, that's a really, that's a really good way of describing it. That makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's, it, it starts to get, people are so unique and complicated. Like when you have someone who is other, but they're internally referenced or they're other and externally referenced, like you get all these different, you know, there's a whole smorgasbord of possibilities so it's really, really fascinating to see them play out in people. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Then the last one we're going to talk about is passive and active. So this one means, are you a passive participant in the world or are you active force work on the world? And so um, another way you could say it maybe is feminine and masculine. So like the passive, if you run passive, it's like the world is happening 
to you. Mm -hmm. Um, like you don't necessarily go out and look for your dream career. It just kind of like falls in your lap. You don't actively look for like your, your spouse. It's like the person who kind of like fell, you know, showed up on your path and it worked out. You know, you weren't like actively seeking anything. There's power in being passive, like letting the universe bring you what, whatever, but there's also like some motivation issues with passive as well. I think you're not making your mark on the world, so to speak. You're just going with the flow. So it says an active person. I think says actually, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. says me an active person. So I am active. So I believe that I have an active force on the world. I'm a, I'm a change agent in the world. Like I, I'm given the world. I mean, the world is, exists and then I can go into it and create and change the direction of my life because I believe in active. Yeah, whereas I think I'm, even though I think Eric, your husband just said upstairs that I was active, I actually think I'm passive because literally every single person who has come into my life, whether that is a significant other or something like that, has just come in. I have not sought them, nothing. Like not pursued. Not pursued them, not any job that I've gotten. I rarely, I I think the job I have right now I did pursue, but every single job, every promotion I got within that job, Like it was pretty rare that I did it. I think I run both, but I think predominantly I'm passive. My husband is passive, but that's because he's, uh, I think I've said this before, but you know that he's a recovering alcoholic now for what, 14 years or something like that. And so he's like, he recognizes that he can't control anything. And therefore he may have been passive. I think he's been passive his whole life, but I think that it it really became almost a spiritual practice when he went into that experience of, um, like divine passivity. (laughs) <laughs> divine passivity. Well, I mean, because surrender, surrender. I mean, that's, that's what we've talked about, right? Is this idea of like acceptance and gratitude for what is like in some ways. And you could see passive as like, I, I don't know. We, we've had this conversation back and forth, like a person who can accepts and control, you know, accepts and doesn't want to control anything can still be active. Right. They don't necessarily have to be passive. Right. And I think like for me, I've noticed that when I'm in a dark place, I become passive. Like I'm active, active, active. And then like, let's say this shit hits the fan or I'm overwhelmed, I'm suddenly fall into passive. Oh, the world is so hard to me. The world is doing this to me. And I lose my sense of action. Yep. And so that's just something I need to be aware of, like that I run that, you know, that and, pattern. And I do the opposite because I was just thinking about my job, like that same thing about like, oh, all the promotions have come to me and all this stuff just happens. Like everybody's just offered me jobs. And I know it's, again, yeah, pretentious bitch, I get that. Um, or privileged, I'll just say privileged. Uh, but... That is like when I got into a place with my job recently, like last year around this time when I was just like, could not stand it anymore. I just like, didn't want to, to have all the responsibility without any authority to actually make decisions or make lives, people's lives better or anything like that. Like it just was like stress, stress, stress. And I couldn't do anything to alleviate it. I became active and I was like, this is the job I want or I'm leaving the company. And it was like, it became more of like an experience of, of like, how do you actually become active when you're in dire straits. Right. I think the biggest takeaway from all these patterns is just to understand that people for the most part are kind of stuck in their patterns and it has nothing to do with you. So when you understand their patterns, you can connect with them better. And also, again, like we said in the last episode, not to take it personally. Like I remember I dated someone who was very passive. Their job was passive. Like they just kind of went along and like they, this person never planned dates. They never like planned romantic ventures. And I could be like, like if had I known then what I know now, I could have been like, you know, it wasn't personal. They weren't lazy. They were just passive. They were just waiting for me to make the move or me to do it because they were just a passive person. So, you know, things like that can help you not take things personally. Yeah. 
yep. when you understand their pattern. Can you also unstuck pe- uh, unstick people? I don't know if we have the power to change. Okay, that's a whole other episode probably. Do we have the power to change others <laughs> right. or not? We can influence our children, surely, right? We can we can see their patterns and try to like, you know, encourage them yeah, to run, run other patterns. patterns. Yeah. If you're with someone who's really stuck, I'm not sure. You can meet them where they are. Like if someone is playing a switch on you, you can play switch on them and see what happens. I mean, honestly, it's interesting you say that because like, one of, um, there's some amazing, there's an amazing book about, um, a family who, who basically met their autistic child who was like not a functional, like autistic child, like met them where they were. Right. So like met them in their stuck pattern. If you wanted to see, I mean, I know autism is a lot more than that, but like, and then, and now they're like a successful surgeon and they have this whole system in which they can teach people how to meet their child where they are and thus be able to get and them then, out of and pull them basically and then like desensitize take baby steps out of it yeah exactly and also it's funny you say that about can you change others because actually you go even further out and the predominant the predominant message that I feel like we get in media is that you can't even change yourself <laughs> like I remember there's this line in frozen and it's like the trolls we don't think we're not asking you to change him because people don't really change yeah Right. And you're just like, dude, seriously, are you like saying that I can't change? Like everybody can change everybody. Sorry. That's just my statement. Like I'm yeah, switching can change, but can we change others? I don't know. And what's your motivation for changing them? Exactly. I say meet them where they are. I know when I'm dealing with a stubborn self sorter, I meet them at deep self and it works. If I'm, if I'm working with a switch, I play switch right back on them. It works. Yeah. Other and simultaneous. It's not really, there's not much conflict there. Uh, yeah. Well, other than the fact that people need to, to speak up for themselves and kind of like recognize their own identity. Right. right. Not si- simul- simultaneous seems like the best. If there was like a best. Yeah. So, yeah. My brother, I have a brother that runs simultaneous and he's pretty dang awesome. So. so how, when you have all of these different things, I know I get really confused by all the different <laughs> patterns that people can run and like, how do you make, how do you prioritize them? Like, how do you make it so that people can actually like, do this? Cause I mean, you can go and study, I think I was in the middle of taking an NLP course that was like 50 hours and that's like nothing compared to what you can get into with NLP. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, no, no um, I'm looking at you like there's just so much. It's so vast. It's such a vast, mm-hmm. it's just a vast field. But I think like knowing the basics, yes, it's a lot of information, but you have to trust that your brain is super smart and it will figure a lot of this stuff out unconsciously. Like just hearing this podcast and just knowing what you know now can slightly change how you interact with people going forward because your brain wants to be efficient. Yeah. And so you're going to start to match and notice these things. You don't have to always consciously know it either. Like I don't have to consciously know who's a switch or a, or a self or an other, but just knowing in the background of my mind, like those things exist, I'll subtly change my behavior when, when I'm, you know, connecting with them to, and to match them. I think it's also good for, when you are stuck with someone, right? Like, so when you're in a situation where you're just like desperately trying to find the thing that you can do to communicate with them, like if any of the communication things that you weren't doing before, if you're just, you know, that, that you're in a situation where you're like, if you're like me, you're like in that over analysis time of like, how can I be better with this person? Or you're like thinking of all the different things that you can do to not mess up. Right. It's really good to be like, okay, 
I'm running other right now and I'm trying to um, move away from the conflict that I'm feeling from this person. And I'm, you know, I'm only seeing it through the fact that they're not doing activities with me, but they don't run activities. Like they're not an activity sorter. And so maybe that's not their language of love or maybe that's not how they choose to communicate with me. And therefore, what can I do to help this? Okay, well, I see that they're running a different pattern here. And so maybe I can say, okay, how do I go towards them? Because they're speaking in a towards language. Like they're, they're wanting to go towards something. So how can I give us something that we can both go towards right. in order to meet them halfway? Yeah. And another great exercise just to like end on this final note of what my husband did when he was learning all this is he would systematically go through all the different patterns. And I think, I don't know how he did it, so I'll just make up what he did, but he'd be like, okay, I'm gonna be switch for the week. And he'd just be like, for seven days, I'm gonna play switch. And then seven days after that, I'm gonna be other. And then seven days after that, I'm gonna be internally referenced. You know, just, there's so many hats we can wear and we kind of get stuck wearing this one hat with this one color, with this one feather in it or whatever. And there's so many options for hats. So like to be able to, trying all the hats just to become more flexible is a great exercise. And then in the future, when you're in a situation when you need to become switch or need to become external or whatever, it, you're more able to get it because you've practiced wearing that hat. That's a great idea. That's a really great idea. And, and, and the thing that comes to my mind is, but what happens if you ran like one of the patterns and you went to such an extreme and then you hurt people, but like that's being other, right? And externally referenced. <laughs> but I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think it means being a total asshole, but just. No, no, of course not. But I think, I think like in my mind, switch is like, switch is like a very, can be an abrasive experience. And I. But they're also great at reading people. They are. They and are. For, yeah. They are. But at the same time, they also need to give people their autonomy of, of things. So being on the bad end of having historically for me being on the bad end of that pattern I'm just like how would I even be good at that pattern right like, it's good to well I'll make you a little deal for the next 72 hours I'm gonna do my best to run other I'm just gonna see how that runs how that fun that would be okay all right okay good good luck <laughs> <laughs> I'd like should I should I do one too do uh, one just pick a pattern uh I'll do toward okay okay all right let's do it okay okay see you later bye Thank you for listening to this episode of This Spiritual Fix, the second segment on Neuro Linguistic Programming, or NLP. If you are interested, please like us, review wherever you get your podcast. It helps us stay on the charts. It helps people find us and tell your friends. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And remember, humility, gratitude, acceptance, done. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.